0: Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly, and today I'm talking to one of my favourite people, Emily Chappell. Uh, she is an author, she has an adventurer, she's a bike racer, she does all sorts of amazing things. And it is no secret that the world is a bit of a depressing place, but this podcast is all about optimism and how Emily, her friends, us, we all are changing the world, but especially changing the world of women's cycling. Hello, Em.
1: Hello. Uh, I'm a bit <laughs> embarrassed now about that, that big uh, talk-up. Thank you um it's brilliant to be here i i'm in bristol for a few days i was meant to actually keep these few, few days clear to do some work but i couldn't resist the opportunity to meet up with sarah and i'm just kind of surfing a wave of excitement at the moment of all the amazing things that are going on and i pretty much muscled in and said can we do a podcast together and just talk about how it's all going because uh, we've all had a really depressing week with certain things going on in the news <laughs> that i'm just not going to mention and I realised the morning that certain things happened in the news. um, I couldn't couldn't watch it. I decided I was not going to look at the news or anything in Twitter other than my notifications. And I just wanted to bury my head in the sand and felt guilty about that, obviously. And then realised if I do read the news, all I'm going to get is this feeling of depression and powerlessness because I can't do anything about it, but I'm clearly not doing enough because it's still happening and all of that. And then I realised that I'm spending the next week doing nothing but promoting women in cycling and working with all these amazing people and there's so much stuff going on that I'm working about 16 hours a day and you know barely have time to cycle let alone sleep I think as long as I am doing as much as I possibly can to change the world and do all this exciting stuff it's okay I can ignore the news and that I think is actually something a lot of people have had a lot of the people I know in America and here whenever the news gets bad like this you start to see a lot of women rolling up their sleeves and saying right the world is really going to need us let's get going so I think what I wanted to sort of burble about on this podcast is all the amazing stuff that is happening because it is happening we are changing the world and the world is going to need us more than ever so we need everybody to come and change it with us
0: oh I just need this so much
1: (laughs) <laughs> All right, you've got another hour.
0: Oh, I'm so good. Um, yeah, I so we're gonna talk a little bit about things. If you've listened to the podcast before, then I've interviewed Em about her book, um which names I've forgotten already. That's terrible. It's all right. I forget it too. It's... um. What was it again? It was What Goes Around. And it's an amazing book. Um, it's a great Christmas present. Um, it's an amazing book about Em's life as a cycle courier. Uh, but she's also a long distance racer. And you might have also heard the podcast I did with her and Lee Craigie about the adventure syndicate which i
1: can't believe is less than a year old it's amazing yeah this time last year we we hadn't had the idea yet it wasn't even a twinkle in our eye and now look at us yeah so we're going to talk a little bit about
0: um the adventure syndicate and what's happened we're going to talk about some of the work that they're doing we're going to talk about how media's changed and we're also going to talk a little bit about how women have changed their place in cycling but also about what we can do for the future to make the world a better place so positive things and weird things that have come out you know how women have started to beat men and cycling and um, who saw that coming i know i did
1: i did <laughs> tell you more about that yeah and all sorts of amazing
0: things like why why in bristol and, and and ways that we can change and hopefully it's a positive practical optimism we said earlier i think so go on there so let's start so we can change the world we can't how how the, when we say change the world obviously we you can look at that in this big enormous great big oh god it's impossible but in the terms of the world of women's cycling, it's been quite interesting looking at the impact the Adventure Syndicate's had already. Can you just talk, for people who might know not know about it, the tiny, tiny thumbnail, and then tell us a little bit about what's happened so far this year. Okay.
1: So what the Adventure Syndicate is, it's a, a group, it's not a team or anything, it's a group, a collective, of extraordinary female cyclists of many different sorts, many different disciplines, with the primary aim of encouraging more women to challenge what they think they're capable of and this might be oh my god I don't think I could ever have the courage to cycle to work or it could be oh my god I'll never enter a race or oh my god I couldn't go bike touring whatever it happens to be and we're doing that by doing all the things we do so we all do sort of adventures and races of various sorts we're also um trying to write a lot of stuff on our website so to publish content that I think some people will call inspirational and we we sort of shy away from that term a bit but to to sort of turn it inside out a bit and show people what's going on when you're doing something like winning a paralympic gold medal or uh, riding 200 miles a day for two weeks or something Um, to show that we're not superheroes. We're not um, any different from them, really. I mean, I am scared of everything I do. And I realised recently that not everyone really understands that or believes it, but I really am. I'm as scared of all the things I take on as I was right in the beginning. So we try and be very open about all of that. But I think one of the most exciting things that we're doing um, is trying to do a lot of stuff all over the place, all over the country and meet people in person and ride with them and talk to them because there's immense power in that and I think if you exist entirely online and on Instagram you're going to put up a lot of inspirational content some people will get something out of it some people will actually be alienated by it and think well yeah she's clearly a superhuman I'm not like that I'm going to go back to my room and you have no idea whether you're actually engaging with the people that you're trying to reach whereas we are trying to set up what we've set up um all these sort of different talks and workshops we've done we did a bike packing course a couple of months ago we've done guided tours um and we've got a lot more stuff coming up and we're trying to meet as many people as possible and yeah like I said ride with them hang out with them find out you know what they want to do what their limitations are and then talk about ways of getting around them and it's going so well I actually honestly it's not that I thought we'd fail or go nowhere but I can't believe it's going so well. We've just had kind of our our AGM and so we're a bit reflective on how far we've come. I think the thing that really does it for me is that other people are really into us. Like we get people emailing us and coming up to us and saying, the syndicate, it's amazing. I love what you're doing. It's spoken to me in this way. I want to get involved. And I think a lot of the time I wasn't even really sure what it was we were doing. It was just kind of a website. We said we were the adventure syndicate, but people seem to really get it and it's answering a need that I wasn't even really sure they had but they clearly do. Yeah I mean you're in Bristol to do a long long distance ladies
0: uh, uh, talk workshop yeah and you were saying that that kind of happened almost by accident can you tell us (laughs) I mean (laughs) we could use that as an example as like a little case study of how what
1: the Adventure Syndicate's done but also how we can change things together yeah I think. Absolutely. So the the long distance ladies thing, um, what I wanted to do originally, the first one was in London, and I wanted to recreate the evening that I got into long distance cycling. So I met up with Juliana Buring in the pub. It was the first time we'd actually met, but we'd known each other online for a long time. And she brought along Peter McSharry and Tori, who runs Apajura and is a big bikepacking racer herself, and a couple of fans of the transcontinental. And we hung out for the evening. And I was I started off being a bit in awe of these incredible endurance athletes <laughs> that I was in the company of all at the same time. And they were talking to me as if I was someone who would do things like the transcontinental. And of course, as a lot of us do, I felt like a total imposter and was trying to, to tell them, no, seriously, I'm I mean, I've done a bit of cycling, but I'm not that sort of cyclist. I'm really slow, I've just done touring, I just I've never done anything like that. But by the end of the evening, they'd kind of rung this promise out of me that I would enter the transcontinental which I did and felt like a massive fraud um <laughs> <laughs> as as you do but I did and this year I won the transcontinental um, again still think I'm a massive fraud somehow even though I've won the race and so what I wanted to do because I really really want to get more women into this sort of racing that not many women do it and I just think it's such a wonderful thing to do it's it's empowering in so many ways I think particularly the self-supported endurance racing because you do everything yourself not just the cycling all the whatever goes wrong you sort it out yourself and when you get to the end or no matter how far you get you've got there all on your own and like last year I didn't finish but when I got back home afterwards I just had this feeling of nothing can really touch me I'm going to move house it's not going to be stressful I can handle that I've handled so much worse. And the implications of that for your real life are incredible. It goes so much further than just the bike. So I really want to get more women doing this. And I said, right, that's my mission for this year. So I tried to set up a thing in London that I thought would just be a similar sort of evening. I'd get together some women who'd done long distance races and I'd get together a few more who hadn't but maybe wanted to. And I thought it might be maybe seven or eight of us around a table in a pub and we'd have a chat. 100 people turned up <laughs> and we had well, there was a waiting list it was incredible amazing and it was a really really good event like we had some amazing speakers there were i think six of us um and i'm not going to mention names because i'm going to leave some out actually no i want to mention names okay. because they all deserve a name check so whoever i miss out of this can come and kick me later so we had me we had Sue pillinger who's the first british woman to complete the race across america and she is amazing. We had Jane Wadsworth, who was first woman home in only woman home in the TransCon last year. We had Laura Scott, who uh, was in the Trans Am this year. We had Rose McGovern, who finished the Transcontinental this year and is awesome and is now has decided she's going to cycle around the world. And we had Yasmin Muller, who I'd actually like to talk more about at some point because she's an incredible cyclist. She is super fast. She's a time trialer and she's building up to doing a lands and John Groot's record attempt next September which I will be supporting and so we had we had these six we had an incredible audience of some women who'd done this kind of stuff some who hadn't some who wanted to and the atmosphere was amazing and so I decided to set up a few more so I did one in Manchester last week and one in Glasgow and then <laughs> Bristol is so cool I started <laughs> to get all these emails and tweets from women in Bristol saying can we have one can we have one can we have one like literally about 20 so I thought ah I set one up in Bristol then hadn't I so I did and it sold out within 24 hours Um, I know I know the funny thing is like we've had a lot of plans with the syndicate this isn't actually something we planned this is something that I thought would just be a very casual evening in a pub that has turned into this enormous series of events and because it's been so popular we're going to do more next year so I I think this is kind of the time of year where we're going to be inspiring people to go and enter rashly enter some... (laughs) some race or something <laughs> and then in <laughs> january when they think what the fuck have i done <laughs> yep. then we come in with with the training camps and the workshops to to help them there so it's it's really exciting and i i am really just i'm so chuffed because there are going to be so many women in the transcon next year and that's all i really care about um i've had a few women get in touch and say i came to your event last night and now i have entered the race and that is just oh wow that's brilliant
0: and it's the other moral of this story that if people are sitting there going, huh, well, I live in Plymouth or, huh, I live in, in Norwich. Um, the moral of the story, guys, is, is, is email, email Emily and say, um, you want one in your area too. Because I'm a to total pushover. <laughs> She's it's
1: a total pushover. She's like, I really want to do this. OK, I'll come there too. Oh, go on. Go on. <laughs> yes, please do. Please do. And... I'm always looking for ways of engaging people who can't get to the events for whatever reason, either because they live in the wrong place or they just can't get out. Um, Like I had an email from a woman in Italy just now saying, I really want to be involved in whatever way. So we are talking about trying to set up more sort of broadcasts and things like that. But yeah, yeah any way that people can come up with that i can get <gasps> you should involved. do a podcast
0: you should do a podcast on preparing for it with someone else who's doing it and just do like hey. once a week this week we're doing this or this month or this fortnight we're doing this and yeah, just at the same time with i would have person to... every time then
1: i would have to stop being a total last minute monger <laughs> <laughs> well you can make a plan where well, if you say you're going to do it you're going to have to do it so this I, week so i'm this... planning my route next week i'm racing <laughs>
0: well yeah because um the thing is is when em said that she won the 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 transcon which is a what
1: is the transcon just do the transcon in one sentence it's um a self-supported non-stop bike race from one side of europe to the other and um you had a bit of a you won by having a bit of a diversion didn't you Uh, yes well the diversion had nothing to do with winning (laughs) um i won the women's field i didn't win overall um and i wouldn't have won overall but i I, um, there was a little bit about, uh, 10 days into the race where I just finished the the final checkpoint in Montenegro, had a lovely day of riding downhill south through Montenegro, got to the Albanian border, checked Twitter, and someone had put up a screenshot of the tracker map and said, I hope Emily Chapel knows what she's doing. And all the different dots representing the riders on the tracker were streaming steadily southeast. And mine had just gone due south and was a really long way from anyone else. (laughs) And I mean, the worst thing about this is that there's a live tracker, so everyone can see exactly where you're going wrong. (laughs) That's hilarious. And there was no way that my Albanian detour could be construed as strategy. It was just a fuck up, basically. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, I had quite a lead over the second place woman, so I didn't actually lose my lead. And I it turned out I mean I was I was really miserable about it for a while because I thought I've made a mess and everyone is going to see this happen and then I looked at the map and thought if I just ride hard for three days I can still get in a reasonable time and I had a lovely time in Albania I really enjoyed it Next year I want to do a bit better, so I can't make details. But I, yeah, I had a little holiday in the, in the middle of the race.
0: I mean, I'm quite interested in the fact that you're encouraging other people to do this because technically you're also encouraging more people to beat you. Like you know, you've won it, and a lot of people, no, no, don't do the trans con It's terrible. <laughs> I think women shouldn't do it. It's dangerous. And you'll yeah, take leave your, it for me. it's <laughs> taking your life into your hands. I'm not going to do it. Oh look, I've signed up to do it again.
1: Yes, it's funny that because I I do have that. I'm encouraging a lot of people to um, to enter and i know that some of them i can beat and i know that some of them i really can't so there's a woman called sarah hammond who's in australia and she mm. surprised everyone this year the so the trans and bike race which incidentally was won by a woman leah wilcox that's all but that's women and men she won the whole yeah, thing didn't she? she beat everyone and sarah hammond i think came in about sixth in that but for a long chunk of the race she was way out in front and everyone was like know who this woman is and she's leading the race she is leading it she is well ahead she's slaughtering the rest of the field and eventually she fell back but she still came in sixth and then later on this year she um there was a, a, a new race in Australia where she's from called race to the rock which is a race to airs Rock or Uluru and she won that outright she came first in fact no one else even finished because she's that hard and that was a really tough one and that was mostly off-road and she's not even an off-road rider so <laughs> Sarah Hammond is 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 kind of one of my heroes at the moment, and she is talking about coming to do the TransCon. So <laughs> if she's in it, I, I think I am quite unlikely to win. But also the excitement of having that kind of women's field. But I do I do feel like when I when I am encouraging other women to enter, there is a little part of me that kind of that sinks because of the the fear of the competition and mm. of like I won't win, or you know I might have to try really hard and be seen to try hard and still not win. And that's going to be difficult. But I've decided, and this applies a long way beyond just racing, like in the world in general and in work and in cycling and everything, that kind of sort of feeling and attitude is not going to get you anywhere. There's no point indulging that. I'm not going to do well in life and neither is anyone else if I just feel threatened by people and get defensive and try and keep everything to myself. The more women we have in the race, the better we will all be better if there are more people there'll be more people to chase there'll be more people to sort of pull you forward and pace you and I think I will ride better if there Mm -hmm. are other women in the race and what's more think of what the world is going to see the world is going to see this race full of incredible female cyclists and start to think maybe this is a thing that women do maybe women are really good at this and i've decided i'm just going to kind of squash that feeling of kind of fear and threat and envy and rivalry and all of that because it's ultimately actually quite unproductive i think we will all do better if we embrace our rivals and support them and say even if i don't win it's going to be a fucking amazing race
0: yeah you see i was talking to lisa jacobs who is the australian cyclocross champion for three years in a row three Mm -hmm. four years i can't remember and I said, she was doing the same thing where she was, her goal in life was to get more women riding cyclocross. Mm. Yes, it means that the people will beat me, especially yeah. these young, tough riders. Oh my God. But I love it. It's amazing. I'm not a good champion if I only win against a tiny yeah. field. Whereas it's better to come, it's better to come sixth against, you know, but have this
1: amazing thing that people love. And also for the future, you know, yeah. like it's just, well, there's something that one of our syndicate athletes, Aisha McGowan, she's out in California and she's aiming to be, the first um, Amer- African-American pro cyclist. And she's she's incredible. I mean, I encourage you to go and look her up and follow her. She's amazing. But um, she said a thing that, you know, it may not be her. She may not be the first African-American pro cyclist, but she wants to lead the way. And if it's someone else, that's fine. She wants to contribute towards it being them because there should be more of us. She doesn't want to be the only one. Yeah. The more the merrier. And that's that's how it has to be, really. It's crap if there's just one of you. And this is this is something, this is part of my kind of optimistic role I'm on at the moment. I've noticed this for a few years in, in the kind of the women's cycling scene, such as, such as it is. There's been a lot of kind of isolated voices, you know, there's, there's bloggers here and there, there's people here and there who have a platform or a voice of some sort and mm. have a project. And this has been the year, I think, where it's kind of all started to come together. And we've realised we're a community, we're a scene, we're a world and we all know each other and we're a a big amazing thing that more and more people want to be part of because they see us all doing our thing and encouraging other people to do their thing and much more this year than any other year I've started to just do a lot of stuff with other female cyclists and for a long time I felt like the kind of person I am didn't really exist like the pro cycling world has never I mean It's never something I've been particularly interested in. Sorry, Sarah, Mm. because I don't feel like that's me. (laughs) Um, I'm never going to be that kind of cyclist. You know, they will always beat me. That's fine. But now I'm finding more and more people who, to whatever extent, are like me and we're doing stuff together and it's brilliant. And I just, I want more of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it fascinates me because so many of your syndicate athletes are individuals. Like, when I look at your... the Oh, my God, they're so good. It's like, so... We were we'll asking about some of the syndicate athletes. This is just some of the syndicate athletes' achievements this year. So Karen Dark won the Paralympics individual time trial, Olympic gold. Um, she was in a really good place in the road race, but her, her had a mechanical and had a mechanical out, which was gutting for her on hand cycling. Uh, Juliana Buring uh, published her book about being the the woman to the first woman to set the 24 hour around the world cycling thing which has not been broken yet yeah amazing like the book is fantastic and you should read it uh, buy it for christmas i'm going to give you a christmas list of this um lee craigie she's the 24 hour mountain bike champion fat bike champion she was third in the highland trail 550 uh sarah ooton who rows and cycles around the world because hey cycling's not enough she's published her second book and that's just that's just some of the athletes. Hmm. But what's striking about this stuff is it's it's all into indiv- it's quite individual adventures that people have been having, but you've also been coming together as the syndicate, and you did things like the North Coast Five Hundred, which you did as a series of athletes, but you also then run a, or- ordinary women in inverted commas um, <laughs> North Coast Five Hundred
1: Two. And- Little ordinary women. Let's, <laughs> let's not lose sight of that. we all know, still fart.
0: Well, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is those achievements seem un you know, like, oh my God, you know, you won the Transcon. Um, Juliana's ridden around the world. Uh, Lee Craig is 24-hour mountain bike champ. That is completely out of my grasp. But the thing I'm really loving about the Syndicate is you also have the stuff that's that you involve everyday cyclists, I guess, in doing too. And that, and that,
1: that feels like that's been part of your mission, right? Very explicitly, yeah. Because I think if we just... Try and portray ourselves as a bunch of heroes up on pedestals. It's, I mean, partly it's bollocks because we really, like, we all are very human and we have failures and fears like anyone. But it's not very helpful because I think uh, some people will look at it and ins- aspire, but some will just be turned off and think, ah, oh, that means nothing to me. It's alienating. How would I get there from where I am now? Mm. So partly we're trying to, you know, retain our humanity and and all of that and succeeding to various <laughs> extents. But also um, we're trying to involve as many people as possible. So to take the North Coast 500 as a, a an example, we launched ourselves back in May with a seven-woman team time trial attempt around the North Coast 500 route in Scotland, which is actually 518 miles. <laughs> um, and it goes from Inverness kind of across and then up the glorious, horribly hilly West Coast and all around wow. the talk and back down. And Mark Beaumont had done this in 38 hours last uh, in the previous year. And so we decided we'd try and smash in 36. And the way we set it up, there were seven of us. And it was, it was me and Lee Craigie and Ricky Cotter, Anne Ewing, Gabby Leverage, Zara Mayer and Joe Tom. All of them extremely accomplished athletes, except perhaps me. Um, <laughs> so I was the most junior member. And all of them very different. And we, we set ourselves up as a seven-person team. The aim was to get at least one ride around the course, so not all seven of us would actually do the whole distance, but we'd do it as a team. Some people would be domestiques and would kind of come in and out and take a rest at some points in order to help later on, and some would do the whole thing. And so, and we did it, and it worked. And three of the riders made it round the whole course, and the rest of us supported them. I was supposed to be one of the riders who did, and then we had a crash um, a little way, well, a few hundred miles in, and. I took some time off. So then I finished as a domestique rather than a supported rider. And that was really interesting because um, for me as an individual, that was technically a failure. But actually it worked, you know, it worked really well for the team. It actually helped that I'd had the night off and came back with fresh legs and helped to get everyone round, And it was wonderful. But what we also did as part of that, we really didn't want it to be just us off privately doing our thing and breaking a record. So we opened it up to everyone and we said look if you want to come and join us for two miles or 50 miles or however much you want we won't actually be going fast we can't go fast for 36 (laughs) hours we'll be going at a nice steady pace you could come and join us on Sunday morning or if we're going through your town and come and see us at the beginning come and see us at the end follow us on the tracker we wanted as many ways as we could to to make people part of it and people did the the very best one was we were coming through Thurso on the way to John O'Groats quite early in the morning. We saw a woman up ahead of us on a bike and we knew she was waiting for us. And she joined us and we all said hi. She was called Debbie. And we all, you know, we took it in turns to have a chat. And she had, um, she'd heard about our attempt and thought she'd come out and join us. And she got in touch with some women down the coast for the first time via, I think, our Facebook. And she was going to meet them. They were at a cycling club um in her area she'd only ever ridden with men before and these were going to be her new riding buddies (laughs) and she'd never done a ride this long she was going to do about 60 miles that day i think and so she came along with us and further down the coast these other women were waiting and they all got together and they were like hey finally we meet let's ride together and we were just delighted like that was what we wanted to do that was the kind of thing we wanted to make happen and that I think is um, sorry, I'm losing my thread. What was <laughs> what were we actually talking about? talking about? We're talking about we're talking about that sort of
0: thing. The North Coast 500 doing it, bringing uh, in inverted commas ordinary women mm-hmm. next to in inverted commas extraordinary women. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of the things that really struck me about that was um, you blogged about it about because you did the North Coast 500 with the record breaking attempt, and then you did it with a bunch of mm. women. Like, yeah. Let's just do it as a as a trip. And you blogged about talking to a woman who was scared of the Climb. Yeah. And you were saying about you well, I'm scared of the climb and she was Mm. like, Whoa, what's
1: Yeah. It was a wonderful moment. So a few months after the sort of record breaking thirty six hour North Coast five hundred, we did it again in I think eight days and we did it as a group tour. So loads of different women came along to join in. Um and had all sorts of reasons for wanting to do it. Like some of them could easily have gone bike touring on their own, but you know, they wanted to do it with company or they were unsure of themselves, or they just didn't like riding alone. And one one particular woman, she was really nervous. Apparently she had actually cancelled and rebooked three times. Oh, I know! And on the big climb, the Bialat Nabar, um, we were all going up, and I think I sort of stopped to check on her because she sort of stopped on a corner. And she was just kind of collecting herself. We had a bit of a chat, and yeah, she said, I'm, I'm really scared about what's going to be around this corner. And I just said yeah yeah me too god and she just looked at me and was like really no really no (laughs) she couldn't believe me and I couldn't believe that she couldn't believe me because of course I'm scared it's a really steep climb it was awful um but it just hadn't occurred to her that I would find it scary and I think for her I think what went on in her head was well if everyone finds it scary but they can do it then maybe even if I find it scary I can do it and then at the top of the climb she was practically dancing around the the kind of the I don't know. It's a real privilege to witness the kind of the chemical change that had gone on in her self worth. I don't know. She she was she couldn't stop talking about it. She kept kind of swearing with delight and then apologising. That's the serotonin rush of having just done something bonkers. Like you're you're literally insane at that moment. That's why you do it again. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. It was great. And I've had that loads of times. And just to to see it happen to someone else and to know you had a part in that was wonderful. And I think that's that's part of the motivation behind the syndicate. We want to make that happen for more people. We want to kind of hand them their serotonin rush on a plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have adventures
0: themselves. I mean, I'm, I, you know, it's, it's funny because yeah, I love that link between big and small. You know, big, mm. big, big, big achievements and small achievements. And I mean, the fact that you're all so good at telling stories is is great because you know you you all i love i love reading about it and here's a plug here's a plug 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 because you've got a crowdfunder for how people can find out more about sharing stories we have yes
1: so i really think we should have called up lee craigie and got her to um to come on the show and talk about this but uh three hour podcast i know it's better if we didn't because it means i can really really talk her up if she can't do anything about it so lee is pretty awesome and also okay on a bike and um She did the Highland Trail 550 this year, which is a self-supported off-road ride, 550 miles around the Scottish Highlands. It's known for being very, very tough. And um, she raced it. She came in third overall. She led the race for quite a long time. That's women and men, right? Yes. Yes. And it's quite funny because a lot of the men in the race just couldn't handle this. (laughs) She'd sort of pop up and they'd be like, what? What? Uh, I mean, what? Well, you give it a break. (laughs) and um, she got to the end of the race having had what she says a life-changing experience I mean the race went very well but also just the way it all worked for her she says she learned more about herself from that one race than in 10 years of professional mountain biking and then the following day she woke up and sat down and just kind of spewed out about 11,000 words about her experience (laughs) And I was, I was out in LA at the time and I was getting these emails saying, Chapel, I'm still going. Is this too much? I mean, should I stop? Should I keep writing? It's just coming and coming. And I was like, no, no, carry on. This is bound to be good. And oh my God, it's amazing. What she has written is extraordinary. It's, it's just a really good piece of writing. And I'm, so I have edited it about 10 times and normally you're starting to get a bit bored of something by that stage. And I actually still get different things out of it every time I read it. So we decided this had to be you know this had to find a wider audience and also something about the immersive experience of doing the race we thought it's going to be better actually on paper not just on a website and so what we've done or we've so what we've done we've we're publishing Lee's piece we've also got a lot of different pieces of writing from other people who did the race so the men that lee was overtaking and all the rest of it and her sister who was sitting at home watching her dot on a screen wow and we've turned it into this beautiful multifaceted journal um where you get the same story from lots of different directions we've also we're very lucky that a, a photographer was was following the race so we've got some excellent shots from him and we thought well how are we going to how are we going to make this happen and we didn't really want to kind of sell it to a brand or anything and have them fund it. Because I think the whole thing about the syndicate is it's collaboration. We want a lot of people on board. We don't want to sell out and just have someone fund us. So we decided to do a crowdfunder and just see what happened. We weren't sure if this is the kind of thing people would be interested in. And as with a lot of what we've done with the syndicate, it sold out. I mean, we were funded within 24 hours, you said. It's 24 or 48. Because it,
0: it was 15 quid, wasn't it? For, for It's a 15 quid, as the basic, come yeah. and get your copy of your journal yeah bottom bottom level
1: and you sold out straight away Mm -hmm. so then we thought right we'd better extend this so we extended the we put a stretch target in then we put another one in (laughs) so we're now we've got another week to go and i think we're about the new target is 10 grand and we're about 76 percent of the way there Wow. so what we're saying is we'll publish the journal and we will and we will put the rest of the money into the activities we're planning to do for example Going and giving school talks, running events to help women get into cycling—it's all—it's all there on the crowdfunder page. And yeah, I'm totally plugging it because it's not my thing; it's Lee's thing. So I think Lee is amazing. I think what she's done is amazing, and you should—you should go and and, and get have a beautiful
0: thing. It's not just—I mean, it's—it's it's a really interesting thing because a) it helps the mm. syndicate and helps other women, but b) it's a beautiful thing, and you get like a lovely product, but, yeah.
1: in an interesting way, and also again, you get to be part of it because one of the things that we're doing, you put your pledge in and you get a tiny little space in the back of the journal to make your own adventurous pledge for 2017. So we've got a few come in and it's amazing because some people are saying, I pledge that I'm going to ride my bike once a week for the whole year. And some people are saying, I'm going to enter this epic race. And some people, like one guy I think has said, this year is going to be about being a really good father. And all of, all of those things, like, you, you know people get to be part of it they get to put their own pledge down on paper which will kind of hold them accountable and i don't know i just think it's. will you it's follow wonderful. up with
0: them afterwards or are you going to is that too is that too is that something else um
1: i think if if people pledge above a certain amount then they actually they get follow-up emails and they get, <laughs> which, how's that going then because <laughs> yeah, yeah. i i feel like i'm gonna have to put my 15 quid because my pledge
0: is going to be go on a mountain bike ride <gasps> Interesting. 2017 Brilliant. Okay. That's my pledge. I, I, Sarah Connolly, have hereby said I'm going to go on a mountain bike ride in 2017. Good. Done. Done. I'll Uh. hold you for that, Sarah. (laughs) So, I mean, you've had some other achievements and, and what I think is interesting as well is the achievements are kind of quite interesting because on the one hand, you've got these big things and people are going, look, I just can't. Take the time off work and get away from my family and use the money to go transcon. I can't. But what my one I think one of my favourite Emily Chapel achievements was about the cycle show, because we had the London cycle show and they had a list of the speakers and you tweeted about it that went a little bit viral, didn't you? Oh, the London men's the the London men's cycling show. So. Yeah, do you want to talk about that and then well, what happened was, as a
1: result? That w- I don't know if what happened as a result actually happened as a result of what I did, but you know, I'm happy to take full credit <laughs> for it.
0: It feels um, I mean whether it's causal or coincidental, I I don't care. I'm still having it. It's just it, it yeah. was an interesting it was an inter- to me it's an interesting again well, case study of how we can change the world
1: even just by our Twitter. Well, what I was going to say is it, even if it wasn't me, we're all part of the same movement. It's the kind of thing. So what happened was um Last year, this year, last year, the London Cycle Show had their kind of advertising stuff and they had all these thumbnails of all the different people who were going to be speaking there. And you looked at it, and the thing that struck you, or the thing that struck me, is that they were all men. I think it was a grid of about 16 photos. Mm. It was all men. And whoever puts together the London Cycle Show, probably is a man and it just clearly hadn't even occurred to them that there was any sort of i think they were all white men as yeah, well yeah they're all
0: i think there might have been one non-white man i can't oh, remember good, but it good. felt like it okay, felt so. like in my head i feel like 16 white men mm-hmm. and it was and and it wasn't just about the grid of the moon it's about oh look we've got this we've got this best set of speakers with an implication that only the white men can be the best mm. set of speakers and m m M tweeted about this and it was fascinating to me because some of the men on the list got very defensive. And they got very defensive by saying, "No, no, but it's not just all men because when I did my day, Rachel Atherton was speaking before me, and then drop cycling team were being launched on the same day, and blah blah blah." And it's like, yeah, but that wasn't on the program. Mm-hmm. Like, why is Rachel, Rachel Atherton is was a bigger name than pretty much of any of those people? I, I'm not a cycle show girl, but I would, you know, I would go out of my way to see Rachel Atherton talk because holy shit,
1: it's Rachel Atherton! Oh my god. Um, <laughs> She was actually at the Birmingham Cycle Show this year, and she was standing next to me, but I was too shy to go and say, hello, you're Rachel Atherton, so I, just I love you. awkwardly.
0: <laughs> oh God, I know that feeling so
1: badly. I mean, it's like the, so number, of, sh- the number of pros I've got. I'm <laughs> I <really> love <laughs> you. Oh God. Well, that's why I don't go up, because I know all I would say is, hi. Um, <laughs> hi. So I don't.
0: <laughs> you're Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> you but... know that there are people who feel like that's about
1: you, though, Em? I know and that makes me really laugh. <laughs> it makes me feel like that about them. But then it's anyway. like it's like
0: when you see Mariana Voss talk about, oh my god, I was talking to Alberto Contador and he's so great, and you're like, What the fuck? You're Marianna Voss. You should be grateful. Well that's then, kind of making me think we should all just get
1: over it. Yeah, 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 um, we should. Know.
0: And yes, they go up to people and go, Hi, I love you. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so the London Cycle Show was a bit of a bust and it was mm. it was and the thing is it's very interesting seeing how people respond because you get a lot of people who just don't see this as a problem mm. and this is one of the things about we can take this as an analogy of the wider world like if it doesn't affect you the things that are happening in the world today then there are some people who don't see it as a problem but then there are some people who absolutely see it as a pro see it as a problem and who go out of their way and it makes them think so i was invited and one of your adventure syndicate members was invited to speak at the peddling ideas conference in leeds which was an amazing event really 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 good like everything from Art to bike building to long distance adventuring philosophy philosophy media. It was gorgeous, gorgeous weekend. But then you went to you had the opposite of the London Cycle Show
1: at the Birmingham Cycle Show. Yes, and this is the thing that I don't think I can take credit for, but I will anyway. But no, I didn't think it was me. So Vixen who are. a company who sell a lot of different women's cycling clothes and are, are very nice people. Very um, nice. They put together a women's cycling hub at the Birmingham Cycle Show, and it was the high point of the whole show for most people, I think. So they had uh, sort of a, a pop up shop there, but they had a stage and an incredible program of all sorts of different women from frame builders and clothing manufacturers to athletes to I think there were, there were nutritionists and coaches, all sorts of things. And they've actually, plug for them, most of the talks and things were filmed and they're up on their website. Oh, so fantastic. even if you didn't make it, full length, hour long talks to listen to you while you make your dinner or something.
0: And I'll put a link to all of that on my site, prowomenscycling.com, which, um, so we can put, so we can find, you can find links to everything that we talk about here, there, if that makes any sense. This okay. is going to be a long week. It's going to be a long week. Look, but there's things to do, baby. When you're feeling depressed, like just, just, this is the thing that's exciting is is I really think that, we can look and see how the world's cha- how how our part of the world is changing, and and that's I think I put that down to you too. But like the the, the only con- to me, yes, the only to you. But I mean, there's a conversation, and then this conversation people like Chris Garrison start online. You know, there's, she was um, there. Yeah, her video is one of the best ones. And and um. Oh, I've completely forgotten your name, and I'm so sorry. The awesome writer who is in Sorry, and she wrote Adele, Adele yes, Mitchell. She was also there. Um, you know, uh, you know, you see Jules Walker. All these people who they make were on things, the same panel, yeah, who all make things, who will make things happen, and it's. And I think that's an interesting thing too. Is like it feels like a small thing to do to make a tweet, to to even just sharing things. I think that's one of my things, is if you're sitting there going, oh, God, I, I can't do this, or, oh, I'm a guy, How? where's the room for me in this? You know, we can all be part of the media, because this is one of the things you wanted to talk about, is how the media's changed, Yes. and how the media's changing. And we all have access to making our own media these days. Twitter, every time you share a link and someone clicks on it, or every time you link, click on a link that shares, or just press retweet, that's changing the world too, because when I first started doing this, you people could legitimately say oh there's no audience for women's sport no audience for women's cycling and now it's 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 demonstrably untrue you know you've got casquette magazine a brand new women's cycling magazine so this just is another out. plug yes, Casquette yes, magazine it's it's amazing it features two covers you can have a choice of cover <laughs> you can have emily chapel or you can have nicole kirk
1: i know which one i'd go for
0: <laughs> she's not talking about herself but she should be um <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's these you know there's there's these things that are just that are just happening and you know when i think about the books that you've got so sarah ooton published her second book this year juliana Burings published her book this year you've published your book other members of the syndicate are writing their books that's because there's a huge market for it you know there's 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 a market and there's the media's changing we're changing and i think that's that's
1: that's fantastic I think it's also that there's there's so many there's so much opportunity for you to become part of it so you know you are part of the media you are one of the voices so you can you know you can talk and write and blog and tweet and everything else but there's there's room for that like we we want more people in and the more people are doing it the more the more space there is mm-hmm. and one thing I, I really love at the moment is that you quite often you know you'll get in touch with someone who is just getting into it or thinking about going on a long bike tour or thinking about entering a race and thinking she's a complete fraud. And then within two years, she is one of the people who is kind of up there on the soapbox shouting about it. Everybody is admiring her and, you know, she's helping to make it happen. It's so accessible for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I go to one of these events or, you know, give a talk or something, I'm excited about the people I meet because I think you're going to be the ones on the start line with me next year. And you're going to be the ones I'm chasing through the Alps. And, you know, you'll be the ones on the podium.
0: Or oh, you've tweeted, or you've, your blog is the thing that I'm retweeting and telling everyone to read and saying, mm. I wish I wrote like that. And yes, I mean, it's, it is, I think the thing that I'm in the, if we take the theme of hope and doing what we can to make the world a better place, I think if there's one thing I think the, the syndicate epitomises it's you can have your adventures and do your things and make your do your action but you can also just be the person who encourages someone do you mm. know what I mean like or just say hey let's do this together let's I mean all the lovely people um, who encouraged me when I said I wanted to try mountain biking mm. who have oh I've forgotten everyone's name because I'm rubbish um, who've who've kind of helped me with that it's just it's just amazing and even if that's just someone tweeting me going who I've never talked to before and going look, I love mountain biking and I think you will too. Or I did my first ride this year and it was wonderful. That's all of that. We can all do that. We can all share
1: stuff. You know, we can all, we can all, oh, we can just do it. We can be. One thing I'm really enjoying actually is seeing how much of this has happened already. So I, quite introspectively recently, I started looking back through the blog I wrote throughout 2012 when I was on the road (laughs) cycling through Asia. And... um, it's it's quite interesting a lot of the things that i was thinking and writing and doing then have kind of are still coming to fruition so there were lots of things, like I, I set up a sort of personal initiative to try and teach more women to fix punctures, which was just amazing, because you teach a woman to fix a puncture, and some of them would say, oh my god, this has changed my life, now I can go for long bike rides. I can't fix a puncture, oh, I'm
0: terrible. I'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I'm the type of person who, if I got a puncture, I'd sit by the side of the road and look pathetic until someone helps me. I mean, to be fair, when I see someone else puncture, uh, with a puncture, I say, do you want my spare in a tube and my thing that I don't know the name of. So I do actually help other people, but I just, I'm just i just that embarrassing person who I'm that t- stereotypical Penelope pit stop. Help, help! Until, until people stop and, and, and fix it for me, which, I mean, it used
1: to be like that when my chain dropped off, which was very embarrassing. So... I can teach you to fix a puncture. It's so easy. Even <laughs> I can do it. And I'm a bit crap with mechanics. But one of the things that I, one of the things I wrote back in 2012, um, that was when the London Olympics was happening. And there was all the usual scandal about, you know, people are talking about how attractive the female athletes are and how some of them are a bit too fat and some of them have really nice asses, And, oh. you know, you get wound up. Oh, let's talk and, beach, bo- beach volleyball. That's, a really, that's really interesting. Wait, men men don't the wrong have reasons. to wear
0: budgie smugglers only when they're doing beach volleyball. <laughs> That's a good thing. I've never heard that term. <laughs> uh, can we change the subject really quickly? <laughs> see, be the change you want to see. You too can put images into people's heads that they can never get out.
1: Oh, um anyway, I'm losing my thread. Where were
0: we? I'm um, not talking Olympics, about.
1: Olympics Olympics blogging. And so I I think I wrote a long blog post which I'm sure Sarah will put in the show notes, which which started off, I think, as a sort of a, a rant about all of this. And then sort of turned into a thing saying, actually, I think female athletes are probably eventually going to be every bit as good as men because I'd been wrestling with this I'd have you have discussions you know every two months or so you have an argument with a man that basically goes yes but you know the fastest woman will always be less fast than the fastest man and that's just how it is and by and large that is how it is but I kind of started to interrogate this and I remember where I was when it happened I was, I was running along a hiking trail in Hong Kong having a great time and I realized with, um, with stuff like academia. Back in the, you know, 100 years ago, people genuinely believed that women's brains were not as able as those of men, and that if a woman tried to study something complicated like physics or mathematics or anything really, it might not be very good for her, and she might do okay at it, and she might do quite well, but never as well as the men, and on Mm. average women were just not sort of that way inclined. And of course, now if you say that, people will laugh at you. A lot of the best, well, yeah, best academics in every field are women. Um, my favourite example is, um, in Cambridge back in the, oh, I don't know, it was a very long time ago. Um, 1890, um, a woman called Philippa Fawcett topped the mathematics tripos. She got a higher mark than all of the men, even though back then women, women weren't even allowed to get degrees. So when they announced her result, they announced it in a sort of, well, had this person qualified to get a degree, they would have got, the number one spot which I think was probably a bit embarrassing for them so a lot of women have proved that wrong over the years and I suddenly thought but maybe that will be the case with sport because now we take it as self-evident that women are smaller and weaker and therefore will not be as fast as men but what if we're wrong and what if in a hundred years people look back and think we were really quaint for believing that Mm. because there are a lot of other reasons why women don't do so well in sports this is a whole sort of complicated you know the way different genders are brought up and things but also, I thought, maybe it's that sports will change to accommodate women. Maybe sports that are more about kind of skill and strategy and endurance will come to the fore, and women are better at those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, in the last couple of weeks, um, I have uh, I wrote a piece for Total Women Cycling, uh, imaginatively titled, 10 Amazing Women Who Are Beating the Boys on Bikes. <laughs> it was great fun to write. And... I'll link to this as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of an indulgence of a piece, but it's wonderful because there's all, there's all these women and it's mostly the long distance endurance types. So for example, the, the highest annual mileage record, which was set last year in the US by a man called Kurt Sier- Siervogel, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong. There's a woman currently attempting that Called Amanda Coker. She's only 23. She smashed the women's record within about four months. (laughs) And she's already, in terms of average speed and distance per day, she's ahead of the men's record. So she keeps it up for a year. She will be the out and out record holder for that. And the there are quite a few women. So as we said, the trans Am bike race this year was won by a woman, and there were three women in the top ten there's um, an older one there's Beryl Burton oh, who famously hand, famously beating the men's
0: time, British time trial rider and handing him a licorice all sorts as she passed him yes <laughs> do you want a licorice all sorts <laughs> she <laughs> could still because you might be a bit disappointed here's oh, your
1: consolation which price. I think
0: to be honest is like the, the story that every women's cycling fan should have engraved cross-stitched on her yes. cross-stitched
1: on a gigantic sampler <laughs> maybe we should all wear little licorice all sorts as a kind of a, oh my a God. sign or yeah. something yeah <laughs> Team Licorice. But there's one other woman in the list who I think illustrates it quite well a woman called Christina Peck, and she has three times been the out and out champion of the north american cycle courier championships which obviously is a discipline near to my heart and the way that works they have a big race it's not just about speed it's sort of set up to simulate a day on the courier circuit so you've got to deliver a lot of jobs you've got to decide am i going to do the the quick one that pays less or the long one hard one that pays more and um the winner is the person who makes the most sort of imaginary money and she's won that three times and the guy she always beats says yeah you know I'm used to being bitten, beaten by Christina she's fast but she's also really intelligent and yeah. that's how she wins and I mean Christina Peck is an extremely fast cyclist but there's more to it than that there's also her the way she paces herself her brain the way she thinks herself around the problems and I mean she's amazing and I think this in my case this is why I think the transcontinental is such a brilliant race Because speed and strength are really just one part of it. You've got to have the skill and the strategy. You've got to be able to look after yourself and keep yourself going at the same pace for a week or two weeks, depending on how fast you go. And you've got to be able to plan a route that will get you there in the most efficient time. And that might not be the most direct route. And so there's all there's all of that to take into account. And none of that is gendered and the people who win the race don't necessarily look like they're much stronger than the people who come in in 30th or 50th or last there's a lot more to it than just the strength and i really think the world is changing and the way sports are developing that people are fed up with the tour de france it's boring it's had its day people are fascinated by these adventurous endurance sports and these are the ones where women really can like show their strengths and come out on top
0: yeah 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 oh it's awesome. So we'd catch you for a long time dear listener. Um there's a lot more we wanted to say but so we're probably much. just gonna have to, so much you
1: just come back and do this every week yeah, every
0: week every week. let's do a podcast oh i should do a podcast so what have you done this week about your, tra- oh about, your about your distance race emily <laughs> sat at a
1: laptop yeah. come on come on i want to see this <laughs> yeah no bad no that's a good idea that i think um we should do something like that i'll just have to make sure i'm doing my own planning um, <laughs> but there will there will be a lot of stuff coming up in general to help people pre- prepare for things like that but we're not i do want to emphasize we're not just about the ultra distance stuff um and i think that's kind of come to the fore a lot lately just because there's been a weird amount of interest in it Um, well it's
0: kind of a growing i mean i'm i'm interested in how cycling one of the things the uci has is the growth of cycling outside of uci territory Mm. so enduro mountain biking for example is growing hugely yeah i mean downhill mountain biking is within the uci but you know it's 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 red bull bike that's driven the that's driven driven the growth of of mountain biking you know i can watch oh god i i am so excited here's my positive for the year i have there's been exponentially more live women's cycling and long highlights than ever before now not in the uci because it's been interesting that the uci uh women's world tour races had less coverage this year than they did in from the uci than they have done in previous years which was you know disappointing but in general like we're seeing homemade bike race media we're seeing all sorts of things we've seen we can actually sit down and watch it to the point where I'm not even mm. watching every race that happens. Mm. Like I might miss it because I get out of bed late like I did with Agora. Or I might go, actually you know what? I don't want to watch the, the 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 Madrid classic, La Course and Prudential Ride London, although I really you know, I've got, I've got positives about those races. But you know, if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. But you can still watch something else. Yeah. You know, literally more racing than ever before is on t- on, on 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 TV. And we're just—it's that's positive in Britain here. Bike TV—the bike TV channel—they're showing cyclocross. Mm. You know, th- what th- is
1: cyclocross? <laughs> <I>
0: mean, <it's laughs> like the Tour uh, de France on mud. Yeah, yeah. Someone uh, here's another challenge. I think we should find someone to take M cyclocross riding. Oh no! I think that would be awesome. She'd right. love it. Yes. I think I can make this happen. I'll send you photos. Oh my god, we'll do it. This—that's my challenge. If anyone
1: wants to stand up and volunteer to take me cyclocross riding. I will reluctantly accept. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I would we're doing the laundry.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's just me to get the pressure washer and just hose <laughs> you down. Like when you stand up, all um, right. they, they, yeah. So, but well, bike TV, we can now watch cyclocross, like all three. When I first started watching w- cyclocross, I couldn't see a single women's race life, maybe worlds if I was lucky now on bike TV on my telly box. So if I miss it, I can record it. Like, oh my god this is so exciting and the vox women's cycle show is on is on bike is on bike tv too there's there's just tons of stuff uh we saw the bbc showed all of the olympics this year the uci for the first time in years showed the junior
1: women's road race live and oh yeah. my god what's a great race so i think it's an important point you make though, that there's a, a big rise in the homegrown media because yeah. what happens a lot and i think what is happening here. It's not so much if you can't beat them, join them. It's if you can't join them, beat them. And what's happening is women and other people are thinking, well, we don't really get on with the UCI and their ridiculous restrictions on how stuff can be. So we'll just ignore them and do our own thing. And this is, I think, the year where enough people were like, yeah, and we'll watch that thing because it's great. And you're making your own rules and doing it your own way. And it's actually way more interesting. And eventually the uci and and all of you know the establishment that we weren't necessarily able to join will just kind of wilt away and become small and irrelevant or we'll beg you to join and you'll have power about saying well we'll only come in if you do this indeed i mean i'll we'll beg to join us
0: the weird yeah that's what i mean yeah i mean the weird yes yeah, sorry that's what i meant i just explained it wrong i mean like weirdly watching those ultra distance races where you're looking at those little dots in real time on the computer that's a really interesting thing to do and, and i mm. met a really wonderful surprisingly woman surprisingly yeah i'm a really wonderful woman who's making artwork about that um, Nikki Pugh.
1: Yes. yes, yes, yes. She's made some artwork about me. It's a bit weird. I mean, you know, her artwork is not weird. It's wonderful. The fact that she's made it about me is a little bit weird.
0: Okay, so we've made pledges on this. Um, I've pledged to go mountain biking. You've pledged to go to cyclocross cross I have. Yes, yes. You've oh. pledged to do cyclo If someone will take you, you'll do cyclocross riding. I've pledged to go mountain biking in the spring. Come mountain biking with me. Come to Bristol and go mountain biking with I'm me. I'm not very good. I've never I'm done this. In my life. <laughs> 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 uh, um. What kind of pledges can people make, do you think, at home, if they want to say, actually, yeah, it's, we're living in... 2016 was frankly shit. How
1: can we make 2017 a better year? Well, we're not going to bring down the government, but I think what we can do is make every single person's life slightly better and help them to make the world better. I mean, that's really, you know, that's the best way to do it. What people can do... We are challenging people to... Um, to do more than they think they're capable of. So I would say what you can do for your pledge, whatever you secretly kind of want to do or wish you could do, but think you can't do, do that. And it can be anything. I mean, it could be something really massive that's just so big, you can't really get your head around it. Or it could be something really small that you think is a bit pathetic, but you have a massive mental block on. And we would really really love it like we genuinely love it when people get in touch and tell us what they've got in mind or tell us you know that they had this thing in mind and then they've done it or come back to us and say I've done it it's worked it wasn't anywhere near as bad as i thought and you know what even if it doesn't work out even if it fails you're going to get something out of out of going for it and you can go and try something else um it's always way better if you're doing something so yeah that's what i would say for your pledge pick the thing you're kind of a bit scared of and think you can't do and here's my pledge number two is if you're thinking
0: actually well i'd really like to do something like this but i don't know how to one of the things i found most useful is even if you just stay out on twitter people will come in and give you hints and help so if all you the advice you didn't know you, all wanted. The advice you didn't know you wanted <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly or they make you do things you didn't know you wanted to do um but if you are thinking actually i'd really like to do this but i've got no idea how to start if you come to me i'm i'm at underscore pigeons underscore. If you've got something cycling related, women or men, and you're not sure how to do it, then hit me up on Twitter or go to my site prowomencycling dot com and leave a comment, and I'll try and find you someone to help. I probably can't help myself, but I bet I know.
1: Mm. I bet through the messages. And if she things... doesn't,
0: we will. Yes, yes. Now this is the thing. Where do people find? Um, uh so you're on the front cover of caskets what's the website and that's caskets.co.uk c-a-s-q-u-e-t-t-e if you're thinking how do I not know about this thing that's because it's brand
1: new hurrah Mm -hmm. um where can people find you at the adventure syndicate well we are on a website which is theadventuresyndicate.com you could probably also just google us um we are on twitter and i think it's adventure synd so adventure s-y-n-d uh also on instagram and oh also on facebook i believe though i never go there so I can just take my word <laughs> yeah, for me it me too um so i'm sure you can find it and
0: you yourself where do people find you um well i get around
1: um <laughs> <laughs> yeah your book says that <laughs> oh, so funny so funny um so this um oh actually uh if this is going out really soon can i do a couple more plugs yes of course so we're blitzing london this weekend if you happen to be in london the adventure syndicate are running a cycling workshop at the royal geographical society at a big expedition planning weekend called explore and it's not too late to get a ticket for that i think and it's it's well worthwhile if you've decided to do something stupid like cycling around the world like i did this is the best place to kind of put your fears at rest. We're also appearing at Wagfest, which is run by London Bike Kitchen, and that's going to be at Brixton Cycles on Sunday, the twentieth. Uh, I love twentieth.
0: I love London Bike Kitchen so 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 much. They're yep. just the best. They're just so nice people. And as I... are Brixton Cycles, as oh. are we. So it's just going to be a whole weekend. I've of never nice understood people. the difference between London Cycles. <laughs> the kitchen and bricks and cycles, but they're all they're great. different ends of London. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just a small place. Yes,
1: that's Sunday the twentieth. That's by the shop in London. <laughs> yeah, can't be that many. There's only one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll be there. So there's there's a lot of um syndicate activity in in London. So you actually get to come and meet us and see how unintimidating we are in real life um and i can be found on my website which is that emilychapel.com i can be found in a good bookshop chapel is c-h-a-p-p-e-l-l yes you can also call me emily chapelle i don't mind chapelle chapelle some people do um i know oh so when i was when i was a kid i had this i had this okay i had this dream that i was going to be the first woman to ride in the tour de france Aww. but because they don't let women in i was going to dress up as a man and call myself emile chapelle you were going to be the Catherine
0: switzer katherine switzer is the first woman who ran the
1: boston marathon and she was the one
0: that they said women can't run the boston marathon because their uteruses will fall out so it was really true <laughs> <laughs> so she entered as Kay switzer so just look out for like this <laughs> with a really
1: dodgy moustache <laughs>
0: A, this <laughs> is another pledge um okay so no. you're that's emily chapelle <laughs> on, on, on,
1: on on the website dot, dot com dot com and you're on twitter as emily chapel <laughs> not in a moustache and i'm on instagram as emily of chapel because some other emily chapel got there first <sighs> i know um, and where else I, and I am in all good bookshops um, as the author of What Goes Around which makes an excellent Christmas present
0: um, I, if you want to know what it's like my friend Fergal Mackay reviewed it and really liked it and I also if you want to catch up with more Emily we she talked about it our first podcast together and, and she also talked about the first adventure syndicate so if you want to go back and hold her accountable to what she and Lee Craigie said you can go back and listen to that and <laughs> say like, oh my god you've come so far and done such wonderful things right we can get this until under an hour I'm sure Thank you so much for your No, time. no, we're hitting an hour. Ah. Ah. You, you can edit out some of my waffle, it's fine. <laughs> Thank you so much, so much, so much, so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure. And I really, really look forward to seeing your first cyclocross Ride. <laughs> likewise first mountain bike ride i can't wait let's let's see who gets the muddiest (laughs) yeah i think i'm gonna fall off more um yes thank you so much for listening dear listener go to my site com, and you'll find all the links to everything like this and yeah thank you for listening thank you very much to my patreon supporters who fund me to do this sort of thing and don't forget everything emily does everything eventually does it makes great christmas presents
1: (laughs) 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 but no the world isn't such a terrible place we've convinced ourselves Yes, and you can help us make it even better. Thank you. See you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.